welcome to the Drawing Board Podcast. My name is Lily Kramer, and this is our very first episode, and I'm so, so, so excited to get into it with you guys. Today, we're going to be talking about truth and why the truth matters, and is truth easy to find? Now, before we get into it, I am sick, okay? I got a bug. Yesterday, I was really, really out of it, but today, I'm feeling a lot better, but my voice is kind of hoarse, so if my voice sounds weird, that's why, um, but it's going to be fine. Okay, I just, I've been struggling to record this episode out of nerves and just feeling a little bit insecure about the things I want to say. However, I need to start and I need to go on with this. And especially now the election has kind of come around and I don't know if many of you guys have heard about the chaos going on with it, but it's really important that we start looking into things because there's some shady stuff going on and I am going to be talking about the election um, in the next few days. I'll probably post on my social media some videos about it and I'm going to be doing research um, with Project Veritas and um, just different resources so I can give you guys as much information I, as I can about it. However, information right now is very limited. It's very limited because it's been one day, like <laughs> one or two days. However, information is coming out quickly, so we'll see what happens in the next few days. And before we get into the episode topic, I also want to kind of introduce this podcast um, and introduce myself a little bit. So, like I said, uh, my name is Lily Kramer, and I am an artist, and I, I really like politics and theology. And for this podcast, I really wanted to delve deep into faith, culture, and politics, and studying it in a very truthful way looking at logical fallacies, analyzing arguments, looking at facts. So some episodes I'm going to be releasing the topic early so that you guys can maybe give your opinion for or against it and create an argument, like try to change my mind, right? However, there will be some topics that will just be my research and my opinion. It's going to be a little bit of a mixture of both, so just bear with me. Um, I will be posting on Instagram. That's where I will be having a lot of my in between um, posts with some quotes, some information, and the topics will be released early on Instagram. So if you just want to follow me there, that's the Drawing Board Podcast. All right, so we are starting this podcast in a little bit of a broad way. We're not talking about any specific political point. We are just talking about truth. I listen to people or I read their social media posts, and it's really sad how many people don't pursue truth. Blaise Pascal said, truth is so obscure in these times and falsehood so established that unless we love the truth, we cannot know it. Um, Blaise Pascal, he was a, um, a mathematician, an inventor, philosopher, physicist, writer, and Catholic theologian in 1623. Um, and that, that was hundreds of years ago, and yet it's still so true for us today, especially in our age of social media where anybody's opinions are right there and everybody's a teacher, right? Everybody is going to teach them your opinions and teach them their truth. I read some things and I'm just like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Things that I can poke holes in so easily by using well-established logic. Like, you take a logic class and you can poke holes in their argument. And it's not my opinion. It's how an actual argument, how an actual debate goes. And... So I really want us to start from the base with this podcast of what is truth, how do we find truth, and is truth easy to find? 
Because I think that's a big question. Everybody thinks it's really easy to find. I don't really think it is. I, I mean, I think that if you love the truth and you pursue it, it's easy to find. I just don't think it's easy to find when all you do is scroll through social media. Now, I don't want you guys to dismiss the subject of truth. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I already understand it, I really want you guys to listen. I think that some of my research that I did, I fell down a philosophical rabbit hole a little bit. I think that some of it is really important for, even if you love the truth, even if you've been pursuing the truth, to still know these things because it helps you, helps me. Um, And I think it's really important that we talk about truth and realize that nobody has all truth. Nobody has it all right, and nobody ever will, right? We're always going to have some flaw in our thinking because we cannot be all-knowing. You know, if we were all-knowing, we could read people's minds and we'd be in a godlike status. We will never have complete truth. However, instead of letting that stop you from trying to pursue truth, that should humble you and keep you with an open mind. Um, However, an open mind does not mean that you accept everybody's beliefs as true. For me, I have an open mind. However, I've thoroughly researched my ideas. So I need somebody who's done the same for their opposing argument to change my mind. However, I do have an open mind. So... If you guys ever have any um, questions or have any counterpoints, I ask you to reach out to me and DM me, email me, whatever, because I'm always open to a lively debate and I will shift my perspective if I see that you've thoroughly researched it and that you've countered my point and I have no response. It will cause me to do more research for me. So first off, what is truth defined as? I think we all know what truth is, but we're still going to start here. Truth is defined as the quality or state of being true or conformity with fact or reality. So that means that it has to conform with facts and reality. You can't just decide, you know what, I believe that the sky is beige. You know, that is my truth, that the sky is beige. Well, no, that's not true because the sky is blue. Obviously, based upon fact, the color of the sky is blue. You can't just change it. Now, when I was just like looking up the definition of truth so I could be very precise... Um, I came across the three theories of truth, and I kind of fell down the philosophical rabbit hole of trying to understand it and doing a lot of research, but I found them really interesting, and I think that they're a really good building block for analyzing our ideas and analyzing our beliefs. So I'm going to go through them and explain them. I've kind of simplified them for us to get a basic understanding of them. Now, it's really important to recognize that you cannot just use one of these theories. You have to use all three because each one has a error. However, when you use all three, you're more likely to get a complete understanding of truth because they cover each other's weak points. So first off, we have the correspondence theory of truth. And this theory argues that truth is whatever corresponds to reality. These are not facts, but rather beliefs or opinions based upon facts that are either true or false, depending on how accurately it describes the world. Now, I already gave this example, but if I say um, that this the sky is beige, that is my belief, right? However, that's not truth because it does not correspond to reality. I can say, I believe that the sky is blue, that is my belief, however, it also corresponds with reality. Therefore, it is correct and truth as defined by the correspondence theory of truth. Um, The correspondence theory of truth is prone to errors when it confuses mere correlation with causation. Not every opinion based on a fact is true, 
because, once again, correlation does not equal causation. An example that has been heavily researched and debated um, as of more recently is abortions and the fact that abortion numbers seem to go down every Democratic president that's in office. Um, and there are Democrats who have argued that their policies produce um, a lack of abortions, right? Despite the fact that they are the party that tends to celebrate and throw parties for abortions. However, correlation does not equal causation. Another possibility is the fact that the presidency doesn't make laws, they only confirm laws. And as a general rule, when those um, presidents are in office, the Senate or the House is Republican and they're the ones that create laws. So correlation does not equal causation. See, it's, so that was just a quick example of um, an error in using that theory that's been debated more recently. All right, so the second theory of truth is the coherence theory of truth. The coherence theory is the theory that a belief is considered true if we are able to incorporate it in a logical manner where it does not conflict with other beliefs. The coherence theory of truth states that facts need to be coherent as a set. According to this standard, if something accurately describes the world, it is not a fact if it conflicts with other facts. So, an easy way to put this is if you're not a hypocrite. Right? If there's any conflict in your ideas or in your thinking, something needs to be um, shifted. If you have any contradiction, it's likely that something's wrong. When somebody is checking to see if a historical book is accurate, they look for contradictions. If there's contradictions in the book, then it le it lends less credibility to the book. Um, people have tried to do this quite a bit with the Bible by poking holes in it by saying that it contradicts itself. However, when you actually look at the Greek language and the Hebrew language, it doesn't contradict. There's always an explanation for it, but just an example of how people have tried to use this theory to discredit the Bible. It is interesting to note that in using this thought of truth, we can refine beliefs easily. If there is any contradiction in our thinking, something has to be removed or reformed. This theory is prone to error, however, if someone has a set of beliefs that are congruent with each other but not reflecting reality. So if you think about it, if I create a belief that is wrong and then build more beliefs upon that that are all accurate with one another, however, not in accordance with reality that's where the error for this theory of truth is. And it's really interesting to see that the correspondence theory of truth kind of covers some of that error, right? It kind of covers a little bit of that those weak points by saying, okay, we are true if this belief is true because it's in accordance with reality. That is something that can be checked in a lot of cases. Um, and then the correspondence theory of truth can check that weak point by saying, okay, we are true because we line up with fact and reality. Therefore, the rest of these beliefs are true because they don't contradict with the previous one. Now, for the third theory of truth, this is the one where I had a lot of issue trying to understand because pragmatism is kind of confusing and people use it in very different ways to make truth kind of subjective or whatever, but I kind of broke down the pragmatic theory of truth into an easy to digest um, theory that is very important in my opinion. This theory asserts that truth is a belief that is immediately useful and has a pragmatic application to the world. This holds that a theory is true if it is useful to believe. That's from the Internet Encyclopedia of Philosophy. Um, this theory can be a lot harder to wrap your head around because of how muddled it sounds. Pragmatism is a philosophical movement that includes those who claim that an ideology or proposition is true if it works satisfactorily. 
that the meaning of a proposition is to be found in the practical consequences of accepting it and that unpractical ideas are to be rejected. Douglas McDermott. Um, now, so this is basically if you can apply your belief in a practical way and it comes out useful or that it um, shows itself to be true through practice. For example, because um, we're all about politics here, talking about various forms of government, right? There are some forms of government that have been proven time and time again to not work. Therefore, when somebody says, oh, we need to implement this form of government because it's what works the best, well, that's shown as false throughout history because it's been tried and tried again. An example of that is communism and socialism. Both of those tend to show themselves to be horrible forms of government that result in tyranny. Same with fascism. And maybe some of you guys buy into the socialist ideology. We will get into that. Just stick with me on this. So each theory is incomplete without the others. Truth is defined by being in accordance with reality, with consistency, and sometimes with practical results. So all three of those kind of cover your bases. You know, it's not that those are flawless, but for human reasoning, that gives a pretty good view of how we determine what is true and what is not. Maybe this would be a no-duh, but truth is not subjective. And I feel like I just need to say this for the people in the back here who think that truth can be whatever you want it to be. It can't. Truth is solid. The truth can be debated. But at some point, we have to recognize that there is truth and it does not contradict itself. Feeding the poor is either right or wrong. Okay, like there could be complications with that if like somebody's feeding the poor for wrong reasons and wrong motivations that like, oh, that's not right. However, feeding the poor itself is either right or wrong. Murder is right or wrong. Lying is right or wrong. At times it can be more complicated than that, but through it all there is truth that is not contradictory. Um, but it's interesting to think about subjective truth. Subjective truth is actually an oxymoron because truth is something that is inherently true and cannot change. However, something being subjective says that it can be changed depending on the person. Perhaps this sounds silly to cover, it's probably a no-duh for most of you, but we do live in a time where there are people who see truth as subjective. There are actually people who believe all religions are true despite the fact that almost all religions contradict each other, for example. So now that we've established what truth is by definitions and the different ways truth can be defined, let's delve into how we develop beliefs and how to change beliefs. A belief is defined as an acceptance that a statement is true or that something exists. A belief, therefore, is not truth. It is a belief that something is true. Beliefs are always changing because we never know complete and pure truth, which I already covered. As we go through life, it is important we keep in mind we will never know everything. Open-mindedness, which I kind of touched on earlier, but I have the definition written down here. Open-mindedness is defined as, according to Penn University... The willingness to search actively for evidence against one's favored beliefs, plans, or goals, and to weigh such evidence fairly when it is available. Being open-minded does not imply that one is indecisive, wishy-washy, or incapable of thinking for one's self. That's very important that we think about that. So if there's a friend of yours who says they are open-minded, however, they do not actively search for truth, they do not um, really weigh what you say, they're not open-minded. They're just like, I believe what I believe, you believe what you believe, let's just go our own separate ways on this. No, that's not how open-mindedness works. However, being open-minded does not mean that you go along with every trend and that you're wishy-washy. Open-minded people are not moldable sheep. However, they are humble 
in their knowledge. They are humble and recognize that they do not know everything and that they will never know everything. And so they are willing to hear your alternate opinion on something. So understanding that open-mindedness is what we should all be striving for. I think that we can all agree that being open-minded is the best thing you can be. It's recognizing if you're open-minded. So understanding that open-mindedness is what we should all be striving for. How do we recognize that our beliefs are either wrong or incomplete? Well, we already kind of covered the three theories of truth, where if there is contradiction in our beliefs, something must be changed. If we believe something that is not based upon fact or reality, then we likely don't have a proper belief. If we believe something, especially in the political sphere, will work that has been proven to not work repeatedly in the past, we probably don't believe in something that will yield results. A practical way of identifying if you either believe in something wrong or you need more knowledge about a subject is if you are able to respond to someone's debate point. So this, this is something that really bugs me about people. When you create a logical argument, when you're not trolling somebody and they aren't able to respond because they don't have any counter beliefs, they don't have any counterpoints. However, they're still so stuck in their worldview that they don't even consider what you're saying because they're just like, I don't care. So if you don't know how to respond to somebody when they're not being mean, when their logic is sound, if you don't have a response, either you don't know enough about your subject or you need to do more research. I think that that's really important that we look at somebody's response and say, do we have a response for this? Do we have enough research for this? Now, trying to evaluate your stance is difficult and it takes time. It is based upon if we can get proper information. And I think it's really important that we know how to get proper information because I see that a lot of people don't. To be honest, I see that people are like, oh, look at the statistic, and they look at it, and I'm like, this doesn't prove anything because this information is not quite accurate because it's um, fallible and doesn't show me how it's getting this um, extrapolation of the data. So, for statistics, for example, statistics can easily be manipulated. The problem with statistics is that it can be manipulated by leaving out important information. For example, if you're looking at statistics for the different ethnicities and how much they partake in crime or abortion or whatever the subject is, it can be easily manipulated if you don't take into consideration the population count, right? All right, we are going to be talking about the problem with statistics in a different episode where I can go more into detail with examples. However, understand that you, whenever you look at statistics, you should always look at the bare numbers, okay? And then do math for yourself and look at it and see if it's reasonable. Um, I see that some people, especially in the debate about race, will look at statistics um, that have been interpreted for you, right? So maybe for for an example, a nonpartisan example, like oak trees are 1.5 times more likely to be chopped down than maple trees. Okay, now that might be a perfectly fine statistic. However, I want to see the numbers. I don't want to see the interpretation of the numbers. I don't want to see the 1.5 times because there's actually many factors that get pulled into um, that based on how many maple trees there are, how many oak trees there are. There's some people who take the numbers and don't take into consideration the population count and then extrapolate data. Always look at the numbers. Don't look at somebody's interpretation of data. Look at the numbers for yourself. We will go more into this. There's videos about ways that statistics have been manipulated beyond just that. 
understand statistics can be manipulated and it is important that you look at the base numbers um, and then figure it out for yourself using some outside resources but don't just take outside resources as fact. Um, we're also going to be talking later on about logical fallacies but it's important that we understand what a logical fallacy is and how it applies to today. Um, I'll give you two examples of a logical fallacy. We will get more into it in a later episode. I do want to go in depth on logical fallacies. They're so important that we understand them and that we can identify them. Um, first off is the ad hominem. The ad hominem is an attack on a person, not on their debating point. This is very, very common in politics where somebody says like, oh, this person would not be good in office because of this. And however, they don't actually connect. How will this affect their policies? Really important that we look at that. Some people just are like, that person's a horrible person, so they shouldn't be elected into office. Okay, why are they a horrible person? And how is that going to affect their presidency? How is it going to, to affect their um, policies? That is what you debate on, okay? Secondly, a logical fallacy called the appeal to authority. Now, this is very, very common, especially in the debate of climate change. Um, I don't know enough about climate change to quite debate that point yet. However, there are people who say, oh, most scientists agree that climate change exists. Are you saying that you're smarter than scientists? That is not actually debating on climate change. See, I want to know the facts of climate change, not other people's interpretation of the facts. Just because you are a so-called authority on something doesn't mean that I have to take what you say as law, right? I mean, I can take it under consideration. I can trust you, right? Especially if you have somebody that you trust. However, to say like, oh, you should believe something because an authority believes it is a logical fallacy. That's not thinking for yourself. That's a sheep mentality. And also, always, always fact check anything you hear and always, always watch the actual video or read the transcript if possible. Um, people will take things out of context and try to avoid believing something somebody has said is true. And it is really important that we also don't take hearsay. There are people who will make anonymous sources, and I say that in quotes, that somebody said this or somebody said that, and it's okay to take it under advisement. However, we should not look at that as truth because we need to be checking transcripts and we need to have video. We need to look for those things instead of just, oh, somebody said this as true. So always watch the video or the transcript if possible. Find good sources for your information. We will be going further into that in later episodes. And I, I do do research. However, I want you guys to also make sure that you fact check me. If I'm wrong about something, if I went to a wrong source, I want you guys to tell me. Um, however, I do want to say that I research things and I do try to do it thoroughly. So as we wrap up this episode, I do want to prompt you that when you post something on social media, fact check it, do your research, look at alternate opinions, and hold your tongue if you don't know something quite yet or if something hasn't come out. It is important that we look at facts. There is a trend that says, like, oh, you people, you look for facts instead of having empathy. I would like to make something clear. Facts and truth is having empathy. Um, Jesus was very much somebody who breathed truth into somebody with grace. For example, when Jesus saved that woman from being stoned, he gave her forgiveness and he gave her grace and he said, go and sin no more. And my youth pastor, I just, he is so wise sometimes. And he said he had equal amounts of grace and truth for her. 
you know, he saved her and said, go. But then he said, and sin no more. He called her out on it. We cannot have empathy for people without also having truth equally there. The Bible says that the heart is a wicked thing that will mislead you. Does that sound like empathy? Like, if I, if I lead with my heart in empathy, right, and my heart is a wicked thing that will lead me astray, how is that helping anybody? We cannot have empathy without facts. One of the greatest things you can do to love somebody is to breathe truth into their lives. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I'm so glad that you guys tuned in. Um, and if you would like to stay updated and never miss an episode, just subscribe and or follow us on Instagram at the drawing board podcast. The tag is at the drawing board podcast. Um, and remember, you can always contact me with questions or opinions on things. My DMs are always open or my email is always open. I would love to hear from you guys if you disagree with me, especially. I'd love to hear your thoughts on why. Um, and if you agree with me, I'd also love some feedback. You know, I'm trying to learn how to do this and trying to learn how to even have a podcast. It, it can be intimidating, you know, to um, try to put it together and feel like you need to be a perfectionist on it or that, oh, people aren't going to want to hear it. And so I, I would love feedback from you guys. If you guys have any questions about things, if you'd like to know my opinions, please ask and then I'll maybe I'll make a podcast episode about it or simply answer you or make a short video for Instagram or whatever. I really want to hear from you guys, so just know that that's always open. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Mm -hmm.